Welcome to Don't Waste the Chaos, the podcast where transparent conversations collide with business brilliance. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, formerly a 20-year HR and operations pro, now turned entrepreneur. I'm so thrilled to have you on board because guess what? In the heart of chaos, there's not just challenge, there's opportunity. Get ready for a roller coaster of insights, laughter, and a dash of entrepreneurial magic. Let's dive in and make chaos our playground. Over three years ago, I was struggling to catch my breath and was regularly on the verge of panic attacks. At the time, I was a COO and was completely maxed out. My therapist recommended I stop all the coffee I was guzzling and to help get my stress and anxiety in order. Since then, I've found Magic Mind, which was carefully crafted over 10 years with the help of their scientific advisory board. Magic Mind is a potent elixir infused with 12 natural ingredients that work together to fully optimize both your daily energy levels and your mental performance without the crash of caffeine. Want to join me on the calm mental clarity train right now? Magic mind is giving my listeners $40 off their first order. Learn more at don't waste the forward slash magic mind, or go directly to their website at magicmind.com forward slash Carrie Roberts, which is K E R R I R O B E R T S, or just use Carrie Roberts at checkout. Welcome to don't waste the chaos. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts. I am pumped for today's episode because while I always talk about things that have impacted me and other business leaders for years, today is very near and dear to my heart. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the ladies. Now, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, this information is obviously going to be applicable to all genders. But when I'm talking today, you're going to hear me direct this toward the women and you know why. Anyway, we're going to dig into things that will help empower women to claim their worth in the workplace. And again, as a male, this will impact you as well. We're talking about essential negotiation skills that everyone needs. But today specifically, I'm going to talk about what a woman needs to secure higher compensation starting today. So grab your notepads, ladies, because it's time to level up. And fellas, stay tuned with us. You're going to learn and maybe think about how this impacts the women in your life as well. So negotiation skills are more than just handy tools. They're essential assets for anyone seeking to increase their pay. But unfortunately for us ladies, the deck often seems stacked against us. Research consistently shows that we're paid less across the board We occupy fewer high-level positions, and we struggle to advocate for our true worth. But fear not. Today, I'm sharing five key negotiation skills to help you navigate these challenges and command the compensation you deserve. But before we jump into those five negotiation skills, let's first talk about the why. What are the reasons behind why women struggle or may struggle, mostly struggle, more in negotiations compared to their male counterparts. Now, this is multifaceted and can be varying depending on individual circumstances and societal factors. I understand that. Not the same for everyone. But let's talk about the key contributing factors to get started. Okay, the first one is socialization and gender norms. From a young age, girls and boys are often socialized differently when it comes to assertiveness, 
confidence, and therefore negotiation skills. Society often encourages boys to be assertive and negotiate for what they want, while girls may be taught to be more accommodating and to avoid confrontation. Now, if you know me personally at all, you know the male traits I just mentioned are my traits. I'm assertive. I have tons of confidence, and I know how to handle myself in a negotiation. And while I've built these muscles over time, I've been like this since I was a little girl. Now, you can blame it on the fact that I'm an Enneagram 3 or I'm an INFJ when it comes to Myers-Briggs, but whatever it is, I've always felt different and I've always either drawn people to me like a magnet or repelled people away from me like a magnet. I've got that type of polarizing personality. I've had seasons where I've tried to mask it, I've tried to downplay it, but I'm also a manifesting generator if you knew anything about human design. So I'm learning to embrace it. I'm still working on this and I'm still stepping into my full personality. So what if you're listening and that's not your personality? Well, that's a lot more common for females. Maybe you're a little more timid and you're really needing a push in this area. And while we can't solve for all of it in a 30 minute podcast, I'm going to work to try to get you there. The next factor that's contributing to this for females is perceived likability versus assertiveness. So research has shown that women who assertively negotiate may be perceived as aggressive or unlikable, while men exhibiting the same behavior are often seen as confident and assertive. This double standard can make it challenging for women to advocate for themselves without the fear of backlash. Now, I feel like we're no longer talking about negotiations here, but our entire lives. I'm going to try to stay focused. But ladies, don't you have a million examples of when you finally mustered up the strength to speak up for yourself and then you were shot down? Or maybe you let it build and build and build. And so when you finally did step in, maybe you were a little emotional or whatever. Regardless, this is so painful. I can think of several personal examples over the last couple of decades, but one rises to the top for me. still a little fresh. So I was hired as an organization um, in the past at a C-level, C-suite level role. However, that company didn't have any C-suite positions yet. And I would argue they did, but they didn't have them in title, which was part of why they needed someone there like me to bring some method, to bring some structure. So because it wasn't right for the organization, I accepted the role at a director level title, but I made it clear that it was a C-level role and that we would need to adjust once the time was right for the organization and I was going to be a part of getting the organization there. Because of all of this, I also accepted a base plus variable compensation pay for the role because that's what confident executives do and what's appropriate in roles like that. You already see what's happening here, but I'm going to keep going. So what I didn't realize was, and I've since learned hard lessons about, there were loads of internal strife going on in that organization. Making these moves was extremely disruptive for them and immediately put a target on my back with other leaders. Also, while I was making the base payment, it was smaller and there was no variable compensation because of the lack of financial performance at that organization. I was told when I uh, was given the offer that I was going to make more money than I would ever make in my life, but I found myself making less than I had in almost a decade. 
and I didn't have the full authority I needed for my role, so I also couldn't make that financial impact to get my pay where it needed to be. Well, luckily for me, I'm strong, and so I advocated for myself. But that said, it made me feel gross to constantly beg and negotiate to be paid what I was worth. I also felt sick about being in an organization that I felt like had tricked me from the beginning. They knew the situation. They knew what I was walking into. While I don't think it was their intention in any way to trick me, that's in fact what occurred and they weren't going to make it right without me pushing, and I mean pushing super hard. So at the end of the day, that relationship five years later imploded and melted into a pile on the ground. So I learned so much in the process, but those five years of my life were very painful. I was what they needed to get to where they wanted and needed to go, and I got them there. But I also got myself into panic attacks, stress, anxiety, weight gain, poor focus on my parenting, and a million other things. So long story short, if you're going to advocate for yourself, spoiler alert, it's going to bring pain even if you ultimately get what you're negotiating for, and that all comes to fruition in the end. Now, here's an extra added bonus to this. I'm 99% sure if I was a male during those five years, the story would have ended in a very different way. I was almost every single day stepping outside of traditional gender roles, and both men and women in that organization did not like me for it. It wasn't personal, even though it very much felt like it. I was just rocking their boat, and thus I became the villain. You know what? And at the end of the day, so be it. Every story has to have one. But that, my friends, is a painful example of how I've learned about negotiation. Another factor is lack of role models. So historically, there have been fewer female role models in leadership positions or in fields traditionally dominated by men. This lack of representation can make it difficult for women to envision themselves as successful negotiators or leaders. I grew up in a town of around 350 people, which is ironically now the town of 550 that I live in again 25 years later. And while I loved and continue to very much love the women in the community I live in, growing up, the ladies were predominantly housewives. They were and still are excellent role models in that way, my mom included. They are loyal, hardworking, nurturing, and many other, um, they have many other amazing attributes that I picked up and I continue to want to emulate. But what they weren't were women who were peers with men in the business world. I didn't have a role model that I can think of that showed me the way. Right now, if someone in this small town, like the school guidance counselor, a teacher, or a leader of a club, asks me to come speak to students, I nearly trip over myself to make it happen. And that's not because I'm running for my local school board, even though I am, and elections are in a few months. It's because while I know I'm not the perfect role model, I am a role model in business, and it's my responsibility to fill a gap that I didn't have filled as a young woman. Okay, the next factor is pay equity and gender bias. So the persistent gender pay gap and systematic gender bias in the workplace can undermine a woman's confidence in negotiating for a higher compensation. When women perceive that they are undervalued or they face barriers to advancement, they are typically less inclined to negotiate assertively. 
As someone who has worked in HR for 20 years, I can say with unfortunate 100% confidence that I had access to payroll data and every single day saw the statistics continue to live out loud in organizations in which I have worked every day. It impacted me personally and it impacts you. Are you finding this content helpful? I'd personally love it if you join our weekly email list. I've got two options for you. If you are a business professional looking for HR and operations insights, tools, and resources, join us at saltandlightadvisors.com forward slash contact. And if you're a female looking to grow and expand professionally and personally, join me at saltandlightforwomen.com forward slash contact. And thanks for listening. Another factor is internalized stereotypes. So women may internalize social stereotypes about their abilities and their worth, which leads to self-doubt and imposter syndrome. We hear a lot about imposter syndrome and it's real. It's something that we have to work on. This can undermine a woman's confidence in negotiating for what they deserve. I read a report years ago that showed how women will apply for a job they feel 95% qualified in, hoping that they get it. And a man will apply for a job they feel 60% qualified in, knowing they will get an offer. Now, they know they're going to gain the experience once they get in the role, but the proof is right there. We are perpetuating these issues for ourselves as women. And this is not knocking men. I want us to be more like that when we're advocating for ourselves, ladies. And the last factor I want to talk about is fear of rejection or backlash. So women may fear negative consequences such as rejection, retaliation, or damage to relationships if they assertively negotiate. I'm not saying men don't think about this, but these are more the forefront of a woman's thought process. And these fears can deter us from advocating for ourselves, particularly in male-dominated environments. Now, when I spoke up about being left out of a golf outing to another state, I was brushed off and treated like I was the problem for saying anything when all of the other male leaders were invited. And then when it happened again a few short months later with a fly fishing trip, the same thing happened. And, you know, if this hadn't been me, I might say, like a total jerk, by the way, well, maybe that female sucks to be around. You know, maybe she's not a good time or whatever, but you know what? Some of the men being invited suck to be around. They still got invited. And by the way, I'm a good time. It wasn't fair treatment. It's just the way that it was going down. So addressing these challenges requires systematic changes in the workplace culture, policies, and societal attitudes. So there's a lot here. We want to encourage mentorship of women, provide negotiation training, promote female diversity in in the leadership and foster a supportive environment where women feel empowered to advocate for themselves. These are all crucial steps toward achieving gender equity and negotiations. Anytime I have been, especially in the last 10 years, anytime I gave a job offer to a female and a female came back and negotiated, the first thing that I would say is good job advocating for yourself. Good job coming back. I know that's hard for you and that's not common for a female. Now, would I always give them what they were asking for? It depends on what the data says, but that's the first thing that I would say because I want to affirm that behavior and leaders that are females and males listening to this, let's first affirm that behavior because it's harder for women to do. So speaking of ladies, what do we do? And of course, I've got a few ideas. So first up, research and preparation. Knowledge is power, especially in negotiations. So ladies, it's crucial to dive deep into industry standards, 
salary ranges, and company compensation practices. What's one of the ways I have been personally successful in negotiations? This is a big one. I've removed the emotion and added the data into the discussion. Now, remember, it's not enough to simply quote a website. So don't be going to salary.com and being like, salary.com said, you know, that's not going to get it done. You need to understand the intricacies and nuances of your value in the marketplace. And here's a startling fact. While men often boldly step forward, believing in their ability to learn on the job, women tend, like I mentioned earlier, tend to undervalue themselves, settling for less until they meet the imaginary criteria. So let's break that cycle. Okay, next thing we can do, work on our confidence and our assertiveness. Confidence is key, ladies. You need to own your achievements, your skills, and your contributions. Be assertive in expressing your value, but remember to maintain professionalism, not getting overly emotional. And don't be afraid to entertain the thought of walking away if that's necessary. Know your worth and be clear about your needs. And that is non-negotiable. I was on a podcast recently uh, called Hustle and Heart. That's hosted by Beth Donaldson. She is a founder and CEO of Skin Bee Med Spa based out of Chesterfield, Missouri. We did an episode on... um, on confidence. And I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. I'll probably do an episode um, on confidence in the future too, because it's huge. It's a muscle to work and grow. And uh, this is a big one. Okay. Effective communication is our third skill. Clear articulation of your points coupled with active listening is paramount. And here's the big tip. Embrace the power of the pregnant pause. See what I did there? So sometimes silence can be your most potent ally in negotiations. Oh, and again, don't forget to back up your request with data. Performance metrics and market research can bolster your position significantly. So effective communication comes with your style and then also what you are communicating. Flexibility and creativity come into play next. Remember, Negotiations aren't just about salary, they're about finding solutions that work for both parties. So you need to consider alternative benefits. So if they can't meet you where you're at with pay, let's think of alternatives like flexible work arrangements or professional development opportunities. Think about other things that you want. Is there a conference you've been wanting to go to? Do you just need additional pay time off? Don't shy away from discussing variable compensation tied to results as well. Get creative here, ladies. And then last but not least, you're going to feel like I'm just absolutely beating you over the head with this, but negotiate with data. Your requests carry so much more weight when supported by relevant data, whether it's performance metrics or market research, data adds credibility to your negotiation stance. And if you need help finding that data, I've got your back. Just reach out. So before we wrap up, let's revisit the timeless wisdom of Roger Fisher's Getting to Yes. This is one of many great business books out there. This is probably actually my number two negotiating book, but still really good, quick read. So separate people from the problem. Focus on interests over positions. Manage your emotions. Express appreciation. Put a positive spin on your message and escape the cycle of action and reaction. These principles, which are outlined in this book, are timeless and they're invaluable in any negotiation scenario. Okay, while I hope what I said is helpful, 
I recommend picking up that book and continuing to dig in and learn strong negotiation skills. Another place to learn these is the Black Swan Group. If you've never heard of Chris Voss, he is a prior hostage negotiator and he wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. That, this right here, is my number one negotiation book and it's the top of my business list book in general. I will put a link um, to these books in the show notes. But if you have not read Never Split the Difference, grab it today. It's a game changer. And then I also enjoyed... 3D Negotiation, another great um, negotiating book. Like in short, just do the research, educate yourself on a strategy, and then use the education you gain to grow in confidence, which is working on growing that muscle and make this happen for yourself. Remember, negotiation is a skill that can be honed and refined over time. Practice through mock negotiations, seek mentorship, stay open to learning. And let's not forget the importance of fostering a culture of fairness and pay equity within organizations. Remember, your worth is non-negotiable. Until next time, stay empowered, stay confident, and never settle for less than you deserve. And that wraps up another episode of Don't Waste the Chaos. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of HR, people ops, and small business with us today. Whether you are a seasoned HR pro a business owner navigating the complexities of managing a team, or just someone curious about the dynamics of the workplace, we appreciate you joining us. If you found value in today's conversation, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I would love it if you would share this podcast or this episode with your colleagues, friends, or anyone who could benefit. And two extra credit points if you leave us a review. We love hearing from our listeners, so don't hesitate to reach out. You can connect with us on social media or on our website, don'twastethechaos.com. And we always welcome your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for future topics. If you'd like to be featured, we'd love to hear from you. Before I sign off, a quick reminder to check out our show notes for additional resources, links, and any references mentioned in today's episode. As we navigate the ever-evolving landscape of HR and small business, always remember, in chaos, there's opportunity. Don't waste it. Embrace it. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, stay inspired, stay informed, and keep thriving in the chaos.